So now this episode, we're doing Sundown Town. And- right, I know. So, I know in the past we've that while there are no true confirmed Sundown Towns, there are a lot of places that will go take tours and stuff there. But eight men started firing shot. Eric Jones, who was 62 at the time of the interview. In the last few years. like. So I'm sure, like, Aww. yeah. If it's racist or anything, but I don't date. I called him out, like, maybe because she was black in your town? Uh, so how's everyone's feeling? I know I know the tummy hurts, tummy hurt, tummy hurt, gang. Mm-hmm. But we're being brave about it. This is Bros of Murder, where we give you true crime cases of color and IBS. <laughs> if I don't give one listener IBS per episode, I've failed you. <laughs> they say the hottest girls have stomach issues. <laughs> they really. That's just something I've seen on the internet. It's probably <laughs> bullshit. And it, it is gospel. Yes. So now this episode, we're doing sundown town and sundown town cases. Because the sun do be setting. And the races, they do be out. So uh, who wants to go first? I, think battle I will actually go first because yeah. I have uh, information about down sound tons. Sir Battle of the Lawrences? Yes. Hi everyone. Like Andre said, today our episode is all about sundown towns. Do y'all know what those are, by the way? Y'all. Do y'all know? See, this is why <laughs> I want to move from the south. Also, god damn it, man. Yeah, we should probably go over it. I mean, I feel like yeah. a lot of people know, but you went from a valley girl to a southern belle. Right, I know. So, I know in the past we've mentioned sundown towns however we've never talked about cases that surrounded these different towns so before we start like kelly said i would like to talk about the history of sundown towns and they really started back around the 1890s all the way up until the late 60s here in the united states and pretty much they were there are many towns that forbid any people of color to live or be in these towns. Not a drop of color, not a hint of melanin. Yes, I know. Not one that's crazy. Well, they can be in them. They just can't be in them after dark. Yeah. yeah. Well, be in them safely. <laughs> the whole idea behind it was to keep them out of it completely. They didn't want them there. Mm-hmm. And most of these towns, if not all of these towns, had signs outside their city limits that explicitly said a good place to live no negroes or summer mild winters no buzzards no negroes it was very explicit or plainly like in alex arkansas nigger don't let the sun go down on you in alex so it was very it was a very popular one yes there's there are a lot of places that are speculative that they're still sundown towns but they're not very explicit and in your face like it is or like it was then yeah who put in a group i think it was kelly with that website that had all the yeah it was kelly yeah i was looking through that and there was some in jersey and i was like you know what that explains a lot (laughs) by the way like these signs some of these signs were still up in the 1970s so it wasn't too long ago i mean i was born in 89 the 70s is not like too far removed from what my age is so oh yeah by the way sorry for using the word the n-word 
Actually, I'm not sorry, because if you're uncomfortable, let's imagine how I feel, or like we feel as black men. And I've heard it so many times in my like short 32 years, so yeah. get over it. <laughs> you'll you'll over survive. It. Come on, racism doesn't exist, people. But anyway, prior, prior to the Civil War, sundown towns were not necessarily a thing. And once the slaves were were freed, you would think that they'd be able to go to any state that they want to because they were free people, right? Well, uh, no. Sorry. That wasn't the case. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No, I'm, I'm dirty, Dan. <laughs> yeah. In the mid-19th century, so around 1850, Arkansas actually denied freed, sl- freed slaves to go into the state. And if they did and didn't leave by a certain date they were they would have been sold back into slavery slavery or indentured servitude so how do you think that they were able to keep their communities white if you haven't figured it out by now they did it through violence but not just violence it was ultra violence and after reading more about these sundown towns i can see why people treat black people and other people of color the way that they do currently. For instance, during the day at a sundown town, black people were harassed, threatened, arrested, and beat. If a black person was just going through the town shopping, you know, guess what the authorities did? They followed them around everywhere. And personally, I have this experience with the phenomena of shopping while black multiple times in my life, including, I think the last time it happened was in 2019. I was followed around in a store because I didn't look like the normal clientele, which was a white person. So just so you know, not every person of color or black person is a thief. But I am... No, i <laughs> <laughs> In extreme cases, when people of color were in these sundown towns after dark, this is when the ultra-violence would happen, meaning they would be beat to the point of death, or rather they would be lynched in the street for being somewhere in the land of the free, in the home of the brave. Yeah, that's what would happen to them. And sundown towns today, while there are no true confirmed sundown towns, there are a lot of places in the United States that are very passive-aggressive towards people of color, and in some cases, pretty aggressive. For instance, have any of you guys heard of, um, what is his name, Craig Cobb? Mm-mm. Oh, if you don't know who Craig Cobb is, you should go look him up. And it's just crazy because this was in the last like five or six years. This man, Craig Cobb? this man named Craig Cobb, he had this idea of making Leith, North Dakota, a white only town. And there's an actual documentary about him. So he bought like a bunch of property there and he wanted it to be white only. Oh. It's important though, to recognize that every state had the sundown, had sundown towns and every state still have areas that are implicitly white only. And quite frankly, it's extremely disappointing. But at the same time, it's not a surprise. So today, my short case is about Monk's Monk's Corner, South Carolina. Monk's Corner is roughly about 30 miles from Charleston, South Carolina. You know, Charleston, the most beautiful place to live in America or North America. 
if you could accept the fact that slavery and racism was embedded heavily in there. There are so many plantations that you can still go take tours and stuff there. But or get a wedding on. Yeah. <laughs> a wedding? Yeah. yeah, get married. Really weird. Like, ugh. It's so weird. But Monk's Corner is a small city or town that has roughly about ten to 11,000 people living there. <coughs> Excuse me. A majority of them white. And in the 1940, there was a group of church excursioners who were heading home after an excursion in Utahville. So they stop at a local gas station because their bus was having trouble. The driver, who was white, by the way, left them to go get another bus in northern charleston and the driver left around 10 p.m to get another bus and he didn't return until about midnight with the other bus the passengers the passengers were getting out of that old bus and getting into the new one and as they were getting onto the new bus a group of eight white men drove by and said get out here really quick and made all these people of color get out of the bus because they weren't supposed to be in this area. And when they got out of the bus, of course, what do you expect? They said, we don't allow no damn niggers around here after sundown. The currently leaving. So right. (laughs) The, the, the passenger and the driver tried to explain what happened, but it wasn't enough because they were a sundown town and they had explicit rules about people of color being there after dark. And at that moment, eight men started firing shotguns at the group. Many of them were able to flee, but there's not a lot of information what happened to the remaining men. I tried to look it up. I was like going through because they had a lot of old because this happened like way back in the day. So I was looking for like newspaper articles and it was difficult to find out what happened to each of one of the men. But there was a lot of other church killings. Uh, There was another church killing that actually happened in this area, which if anyone remembers Dylan roof. Mm -hmm. Yes. So this happened in the same area or like right at the same time. I think it was in Charleston. You know, he killed black people at their place of worship if you didn't know but this is just one case of people of color being in the wrong place at the wrong time and that was my case so the rest of the group has their own case about sundown towns and who wants to go next yeah kelly do you want to go next or you want to go next i'll go next and now a short commercial break so, um, instead of doing a specific case, I wanted to cover like the entire town. So when I was the website that I shared, one of the towns that is still considered relatively active today. And I've even seen people like talk about it online as far as like, oh, well, when I travel through Texas, I would never stop here. Mm. Um, it's this place called Vider, Texas. And it's, um, Rider? Vider with a V. Okay. Um, it's in East Texas. It's like almost right on the border between Texas and Louisiana. I don't want to be near either one of those things. (laughs) It has a reputation of being one of the most racist cities in the country. And um, it has a strong, long-founded reputation as a sundown town, having had a large KKK presence for many years. Um, Those were initially like 
what you'd call like a bedroom town, which means like most of the people worked in like one of the nearby cities. And so Vider was mostly residential, which is, I think, part of like the fact that it didn't have a lot of businesses within it contributed to like it becoming as intense as it was. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, it was also rumored to have one of the signs that you were talking about, about like not letting the sun set on you in their town. So um, in an interview in 2006, a man named Charles Jones, who was 62 at the time of the interview, said that when he was 19, his car got a flat inviter and a cop came upon him and his friends fixing it. The cop told him that he was going to drive to the next exit and that they better be gone by the time he came back. And that I would assume the <coughs> was like 72. So like, I mean, we don't think like we know that the 70s were, but we don't think of it as being like that bad yeah yeah right well it's weird to say that we don't think the 70s were that bad but if you really think about it it was pretty bad i mean even within the last few years like if you think about it well i think for us well for me when i say like i don't think it's that bad because like i didn't grow up in the 70s so my only context is like what i see through like tv and film yeah and like obviously teenagers i guess you know yeah so obviously you're not gonna harp on like the racism that is going to show you like people were afros and roller skates having fun mm-hmm. mm. 1992 there was an attempt by the housing authorities in 1992 there was an attempt by the housing authorities to integrate public housing there was um, a large backlash and a clan rally in response which I think ended up making national news um, sorry like it, it's a clan rally like it was not that serious <laughs> y'all had to don y'all hoods yeah I mean it's wild, but the the first two black residents lasted six months for that for that um, that program. Um, after they left, the next group, two single women with small children, lasted two weeks. Jesus Christ! One woman was allegedly threatened by a knife wielding teenager, saying that he would physically harm her and her child. Many Vider residents want to shed their hateful reputation and say their town isn't what it used to be. But one of their few black residents said in 2020, he was attacked in the schoolyard as a child, told that he was an N-word and that his classmates didn't want him there. Over the years, he has faced like still much verbal and physical harassment, which like he also deems himself the like um, resident gay black man. So I'm sure like... Yeah, he gets his fair share of shit. Just yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He said, I think once that um, jumped the curb while he was walking on the sidewalk, like Jesus shit Christ. like that. And he's <coughs> the the particular guy. He was twenty four in twenty twenty because that's when his uh, interview was. So he oh, like he's shit. young. He's younger. Yeah, than he's, all like, like, he's like my age then, probably. You know, like, mm-hmm. hey, damn. And it's still happening. Uh, and like I said, even anecdotally, like when I've talked to others on the internet, many like POC advise others not to have to stop, do anything that they can to st- avoid stopping in Vider if driving on the highway. Um, specifically because of Vider's reputation, a BLM march was organized in the town in 2020. Leading up to the event, many people were worried about violence erupting. A small group calling themselves, quote, Second Amendment constitutionalists stood. A great name. Yeah. <laughs> Stood nearby the march with weaponry, but overall the event did occur peacefully. A man named James Lowen, who wrote the book on Sundown Towns, said 
there are people who are perfectly happy with having the reputation that they have. Then there are people who no longer want to be known as a sundown town. And then there are people who want to no longer be a sundown town. And that's quite a difference. And yeah, like, I mean, there are plenty of interviews with like people living there in the nineties and saying all these things about how like they don't want to be seen that way. They're not hateful, but they also don't want to be eating in the same restaurant as black people. And it's like, that is so weird to me. Mm-hmm. It's like the it's like does someone in presence make you that uncomfortable where you're just like violence is the only answer. <laughs> well, and it's even like even in the the some of the non-violence of it, it's like you you don't want to be viewed this way. You don't want to be seen as hateful, but yet you still don't want to accept like what's what's what has your town's history? Yeah, is, right? like you might not attack someone, but you're also not going to invite them in. Yeah, like if you want to be perceived as better, you gotta do better. <laughs> it, it, that kind of reminds me of like people, like even now, they say things like, "I'm sorry, I'm not racist or anything, but I don't date black people." Yeah, that's like, always been weird. I about it. I remember one time I was at a club and some chick came up to me and said, "You're really cute, but like I don't like black guys." And I was like, "Well, why'd you go out your way?" Yeah, (laughs) that's happened to me before too like i've had girls that i were talking to and it's like they really liked me but they didn't like me enough to date me they're just like i don't date black guys and it's just like like, i like you but i don't like and like invested time into like getting to know me and talking to me it was really weird like so weird dude Mm -hmm. because now you're just wasting everybody's time (laughs) yeah Yeah, i i haven't had a lot of like stuff like that but i do remember once in college i had this guy who was just being offensive and I called him out for it and someone told him and um, he was like, well, you know what? I would have asked you out had I not found out you were black and it's like, <laughs> okay, like, he could have said nothing. You could have yeah. said nothing. Like, have I just, you- like, if you don't, like, I don't know, like, people shouldn't be forced to investigate <laughs> people that they're not attracted to or whatever, but like, why do you feel the that. need to go out of your way to tell people that? Like you yeah. can just yeah, it's so weird. to yourself. Sorry, I can't change my skin color for you, nor would I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you but, come to the man today? You might be entitled to a fine after compensation. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just like it just seems like the overarching theme with a lot of the things like this is like I don't want to be known for being exclusive. I just don't want to include people. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to save face. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but now we're going to my case, which isn't any better and a lot more brutal. So instead of focusing on like the town itself, I'm more focused on like a person and like the case. So on September of 1968, so this is like creeping towards the 70s. I forget what was the window of time period you said battle. Like we're like it was like the late 1800s, like 1860. All the way up into the 1970s when, like, the Sundown Towns were, like, very prominent. Okay, yeah. So this is that creeping towards the end of Sundown Towns. This is 1968. So now, Carl Marie Davis Jenkins began her first day selling encyclopedias door-to-door. Because before the internet, I learned this, people sold encyclopedias door-to-door. Yes, I used to have an encyclopedia set. Didn't know that was a thing. (laughs) Thank God we have the internet. (laughs) 
Yeah, what the fuck? Why? Why was because yeah, they're sorry. big and they're heavy. Like a magic. Yeah, there's carrier. a lot of them. There's like ten. <laughs> there's a lot of them. Ten volumes. Sit down. She was going around selling, you know, encyclopedias door to door. Now, the same night that Jenkins was followed, well, that same night, she was followed, hunted, and stabbed with a screwdriver through her heart. Jesus Christ. She was a 19-year-old African-American woman living in Indiana. Now, prior to her first day of work, Jenkins volunteered to go door-to-door in Martinsville, a known sundown town. Jenkins was traveling with three co-workers, two being other white men, and one being another 19-year-old black woman. While on her route, Jenkins was followed by two white men in a vehicle. These men yelled racial slurs at her, cursed at her, and also cat called her because, like, I guess you just want to cap off the whole list of being a shitty person. Jenkins, until then, like, she was, like, kind of enduring and taking all the abuse while she was looking for help. She was able to reach a residence of a white couple where she asked for help. The couple called the police, and it was later reported that the two men were tracked down, but only admitted to following her and nothing else. They just said that they were, like, driving slowly behind her for a little bit. Which is still, in and of itself... A threat. A threat, if you're just two men following a woman in her car. A teenager. Yeah. So now afterwards, the woman called the police to assist Jenkins on the rest of her walk. Uh, while she was looking for her co-workers. Around 8.30 p.m., with no success, Jenkins was offered to, you know, crash at a couple's place. The couple that called the police, they offered her to, like, spend the night there until she could, like, figure out where her next move is when it comes to finding her friends. Now, she didn't want to, you know, intrude. She didn't, you know, she declined the offer because she already felt like they did too much for her. Shortly after, Jenkins was chased down the road by the same two men in the vehicle. One of the men restrained her while the other fatally stabbed her through her heart with a screwdriver, Jeez. leaving her to bleed out alone in the street. The police were no help in the situation, mainly due to her being an African-American woman alone in a sundown town. No one was caught. No one was arrested. It just died there. It died with her. And we still don't know what happened, who, who did it, but it's obviously it was those two men in the vehicle prior to it, but they were never brought to justice. <coughs> I just don't understand how. But it's... trust the police, y'all. Uh, <laughs> gotta back that blue, right? Yeah. Because they're, they're definitely gonna protect you. I don't understand how the racism and like the hate, it's like so in your face. And it's so in people's face that we still deny it or still deny that it's a thing, right? Especially something as brutal as, like, hunting down a teenage girl to drive a screwdriver through her heart only because she was black in your town doing her job. (laughs) I mean, and that's kind of the thing that I was, like, looking at for um, our next episode. But, like... Like, with all these people who have died for, like, no reason and the cops do absolutely nothing. And, like, yeah, they say that, it, that it's not racism, but the, the thing is, like, they can say whatever they want and there's nothing, like, most people can really, like, I mean, obviously we can see that that's not true. But if they just say it and everybody else who's, like, 
also racist kind of backs it up, but they don't ever have to like, they don't have to acknowledge it. You know what yeah. I mean? I was like, what do yeah. you yeah. have enough plausible deniability that it's like, oh, well, that was just, you know, some random thing and it had nothing to do with her race or whatever the fuck. Like, because like you see, I mean, you see it all the time even now. Like if they just say, well, you know, we're not trying to be racist, but we're not actually doing anything to like change anything and we're not fixing the things from the past. We're just giving it lip service and that's that's enough to satisfy the majority of people oh, yeah. who, like I'm, I'm, allow yeah. it to happen. I'm going to put a little black fist in my Instagram bio and a little black square and I am not racist now. <laughs> so <laughs> that's something that I still don't I can't get over. Um having the little BML, uh, BLM in people's like profiles. It's like, what is that doing? <laughs> Who are you helping with that? And then once everything kind of like simmers down for them, it's not there anymore. Like that the really grinds my gears. tragedy they want to <laughs> mm-hmm. adorn. Man, no, that was our episode. Very informational. Great cases. Uh, I have nothing to plug other than check out the social medias, you know, the YouTube. We got like 25 whole motherfuckers over there subscribed. (laughs) (laughs) Be the 26th. Uh, and yeah, no, that's it. Battle, do you have anything to plug? I do not. You just bought the Demon Slayer box set. You don't want to brag about that? No, I'm super excited about it though. I've already finished the first one. Congrats. That was such a low, that was such a low. You got it already? Yeah. I went to go I went down to the like bookstore and went and bought oh. it because I had it in, in stock. Okay. I thought you ordered it. <laughs> it wasn't as cheap as it was when I should have bought it, but how much was it? It came out to like one sixty five. But the uh, day before it, it was hundred and fifteen. But then yeah. like a couple months before that it was three hundred dollars. Gotta strike while the iron's hot. Oh, I do have one last thing to plug. Uh, join our Discord. Bros and Murder. I yeah. think you have to send out a link for people to join it. I'll put that in the show notes. Okay. I don't know. I'm still learning Discord. Thank you for telling me that because I wouldn't have known. <laughs> uh, yeah, you yeah. gotta invite them. Yeah, gotta invite them apparently. That was the episode. Enjoy the music. Kisses from the homies. <laughs> Time now for your latest weather forecast. Train your trick, that's some bitch code Catch a trick, fry him up in that Crisco Fight the grid, I'ma dip to a flip phone On the splits, every lick is a shitload Throw a fit, throw a kiss, I'm in bitch mode Got some ice on my nips, on my tits cold Calling all the pretty girls in your zip code I need all those skinny bitches in my big house Form a line Bad bitches, every city in my tribe Look, 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 look behind Booty dominate the world, peaches ripe Hit my baby G-Shock, said it's time All my thoughts linked up, multiply, no divide Dropping hit after hit, never miss, it's a crime But my karma stay lit, Buddha sit by my side Put the work in, practicing and learning Only truth when I spit, write the fucking sermon Even shoot all my flicks, cut it like a surgeon Said he been rehearsing, pulling back the curtain I'ma put on the show, I'ma while I some more Why'd you wanna censor me, I'ma still be a 
All my ladies know they can't take the shine, they can't take the glow. Tell these boys that it's mine, pussy sitting on the throne. Never switch on your chick, that's some bitch code. Catch a trick, fry him up in that Crisco. Fuck the grid, I'm a dip to a flip phone. On the splits, every lick is a shitload. Elephant, blow a kiss on my 